and welcome everybody to the second episode of Hat Trick Hockey. As always, I'm here with my sidekick and good buddy, Mr. Rob Sawyer. Rob, what's going on? The hostess with the mostest. Ain't got it. What is going on, my friend? We're just getting to her, eh? Yeah, like always, like always. So uh, I was watching, I think it was Sportsnet the other day, I want to say, and <laughs> Elliot Friedman comes on for an interview and this guy i didn't know if it was fucking elliot friedman or tom hanks and castaway did Wilson. you <laughs> did you see this man's beard and hair total beaut <laughs> like this guy i started laughing it was like 1 a.m when i seen it and i was literally i was cracking up laughing in bed yeah that was a beauty picture like he was, uh, it's just, I was just like, whoa, he looks like he's on Alaskan bush people or something like that. Cause it was just, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, he didn't, he, it was, he was unrecognizable. I didn't know who it was at first until it, I read what you had posted there. Yeah. It was completely insane. I, I still laugh at it when I see the photo, but anyways, we're not going to spend too much time on that. So anyways, seeing that it's the Stanley cup playoffs. There's going to be a lot of shot blocking going on, as always, correct? Correct. You want to find out a tough way to make a living here in the NHL? Let's go with the all the top five all-time shot blockers. I just looked this up. I thought it would be an interesting stat for us to have, so it goes like this. At number five, we have from the Blackhawks, Mr. Duncan Keith. He has 1,805 shot blocks and 1,138 games. Do you just run into pucks wherever you go? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, it gets worse. We have number four, Chris Russell. Chris Russell has 1,901 shot blocks in 846 games. Jeez. Third one, Ron Hainsey. He has 1,933 block in 1,100 games. He's a beaut. He is a beaut. Second one and the only one who's not in the league now is Dan Girardi, and he has 1,954 blocks and 900 games, just over 900 games. And at the top of the list and still active is Mr. Brent Seabrook. He has 1,998 blocks. When he blocks two more shots, he he will be the only guy in Stanley Cup history, or sorry, not only Stanley Cup history, but NHL history to record over 2,000 shot blocks. How many bruises are going in that? How many broken bones do you have? <laughs> How many teeth are you missing? How many stitches have you got? You're making bag, bro, if you're dropping in front like of shots. 2,000 shot blocks. You want to know the craziest part is shot blocks wasn't a it wasn't even a stat until the 0506 season. Really? So, yeah, so that's only 14 years of shot blocks, let's say 14 to 15 years of shot blocks, and you're blocking 2,000 shots, 1,998. Jeez, that's crazy, bro. My body hurts, like, just thinking about that. I used to block shots all the time, you know, like trying to get off the ice, you know, just toe picking, falling in front of defense, man. <laughs> I get a broken, I didn't even know you had ribs in my back. <laughs> When I got hit with a puck there. Oh, you got, yeah, it hurts, eh? Oh. Not, not a whole lot of padding back there either. Almost split my mouth guard in half. <laughs> Biting down on it so hard. Oh, balls. <laughs> oh, balls. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, moving on here. So we understand that, what is it, the 17th? Oh, big day. 
big day for uh, for Hat Trick Hockey. Do you want to uh, fill us in on that day, Rob? Well, one of our special followers, one of our biggest followers, Mr. Jack Undraka, want to wish you a great big shout out. Happy birthday, bro. Yeah, man. Happy birthday. Big 14 going 14. into high school. What a beaut. He is an absolute gem. And Jack, we listen, buddy. Keep listening. We wish you all the best. And we love you, buddy. So keep listening to us, okay? Love you, bro. Happy birthday. Moving on. The New Jersey Devils have now hired Lindy Ruff as their new head coach. He won the Jack Adams Award in uh, 2005. He's also been behind the bench since 1993. Wow. Okay. And that's I think that's every season. Of all those seasons, he's made the playoffs 10 times. He's also made one Stanley Cup final appearance, which was in 1998 and 99, where they lost on the famous foot in the crease goal to the Dallas Stars, which was scored by the one and only Mr. Brett Hall, which, Total which clinched the Stars' first Stanley Cup in franchise history. Big controversy there, though. Yeah, huge. Remember when like he was at the mic in Buffalo? He's like, no goal. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah. So he was in the league for 691 games as a player. So he was in for 691 games as a player. 608 of his 691 games were in Buffalo. Jeez. Did you know that? No, also, I did not. Also, Ruff coached for 1,165 games in Buffalo. So this is all Buffalo. He was with them with the same organization for 25 years. How do you let that guy go? I, I have no clue. He was with the guy for 25 years. So he spent 1,773 games in Buffalo. Wow. That's tough. That's Buffalo is a tough hockey market. Like, Jack Eichel's ready to bounce. Come to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, not everybody can go to Toronto, okay? They have a fucking We're taking salary everybody. Cap. We're they, taking everybody, bro. <laughs> they have a salary cap. It's okay? a wagon. <laughs> Jump on. <laughs> brutal. Absolutely brutal. Not everybody can go to Toronto, Rob. There'll um, be four players on the ice. <laughs> all four that they pay. <laughs> the only ones that they can afford to pay. <laughs> and me and you. Well, we're not going to be that good, trust me. League minimum. Yeah, hey, I'll we take get that. We to make league minimum. All day long. Big buff. Okay, I was reading a little thing that he's uh, thinking about making a comeback. Will he be going back to the Jets? No, he will not. Yeah, apparently, and I don't know how true this is, I don't really trust a whole lot of hockey media nowadays when it comes to him. Just because he's, everything's been, he's been everywhere, okay? So, so apparently the three teams that he's thinking about going to is Calgary, Colorado, or right back to Chicago. Man, I was hoping Toronto. I was Rob. really hoping. <laughs> Not everybody can go to Toronto. <laughs> I know. So we pay five players, and they <laughs> never leave the ice. <laughs> That's going to be a tough season. Moving on from that. He's actually, a beaut, though, eh? yeah, Bro, we, like, that's one of the best defensemen that has ever left the game. Yeah, it, you're absolutely right. Like, he, uh, we don't really have a whole lot on his story, but he, the guy's a beauty. He's completely destroys people when he hits. The way that guy hits, he's one of those guys that when he throws a clean hit, it makes you cringe. You're broken. Yeah. You're like, broken. Yeah, he snaps you in half. Like, it's unreal the way that... If you watch, go online like YouTube and there's this one video and it's about NHL stars who hit and it's all the guys nowadays and everybody's saying big buff. They're like, when you hit that guy, it's like you run into a brick wall. 
was was it the playoffs there when he grabbed them two guys and it, they looked like two little kids? Yeah, he's just but, fucking smacking <laughs> them around, smack banging them together. There were so many gifs, gifs, whatever you want to call yeah. it, uh, and them, you know, hanging these kids in the air. Dude, like, that's not the first time he's bro, done that. Was that was so funny. I think he did that against Las Vegas, didn't he? I want to say you're right. But he did it a time before that, too. I feel like he did it when he was in Chicago, too. I'm not sure. I, I can't say. We're going to have to look that up. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> it would just, we'll get back to you on that yeah, one. It would just be funny to watch. So I'm going to show you a photo here, Rob. This is Team Canada's roster in 2022. Have you seen this at I all? I have not. You have not seen this at all? No, I don't do much research. You want to talk a wagon of all wagons? Here, I'll let you just read these lines out. Brad Marchand, Sidney Crosby, Patrice Bergeron. That's your, your number first one line. line. Yeah, that's your first line. Matthew Barzell, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKibben. Holy balls. <laughs> Keep going. Steven Stamkos. Is that Braden Point? Yeah. And Mitch Marner. Yeah. Are you when, shitting me? When Mitch Marner's a fucking third liner? Keep going. <laughs> yeah, but your fourth line gets even better. John Tavares, Ryan O'Reilly, Mark Stone. That's your fucking fourth line. Good luck. Now, who's on D? Alex Petrangelo. Kale McCarr. It's Kale McCarr from the Avalanche. Morgan Riley. Dougie Hamilton. Dougie. Teach me how to Dougie. <laughs> Shane Theodore. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And Drew Doughty. Yeah. Extras. Thomas Shabbat. <laughs> Josh Morrissey. Yeah, those are your extras. <laughs> Who, who's in that? <laughs> Who, who's in that? <laughs> oh, you got to laugh at this one. Kerry Price. Jordan Bennington. I say that right? Yeah. Carter Hart. Carter Hart. Kata hot. <laughs> Is that how they say it? Kata I, I think I think that's the way you say it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, do you think they're a fucking wagon or what? Untouchable. Should we, they like, just slide over the gold medals now or uh holy balls. Your fourth line is John Tavares, Ryan O'Reilly, and Mark Stone. I'd like to see I'd like to see the cap hit on that team. Oh, and your extras on your forwards are Jordan. Huberto. 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 And you're going to torch Huberto. me on the Del, Del Vecchio. <laughs> Alex, Alex Del Vecchio. Yeah, you guys will see during the interview, yep. I fucking absolutely butchered this man's name. He's a complete legend, and I butchered his name. You guys will see. Whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, you won't see nothing. You'll hear it. Yeah. And Mark Shifley. Yeah, like, this team's just insane, man. Like, who's going to beat these guys? I, I understand, okay. Like, USA is going to have a good team. Yes, of course. They always do. Let's face it. It's going to be Canada. You actually, I don't know. I was, was going to say that it's going to be Canada, US in the finals. However, like, Russia has been fantastic lately. Fin, no, yeah, Finland, the Finns, the Swedes are always good too. Like, the Czechs. The Czechs, yeah. Like, it's kind of a toss up nowadays. But with this roster, it's, you know. <laughs> It's almost cheating. It's almost like a cheat code in a game. Like, you know what Sorry, I mean? everybody. <laughs> Hilarious. So here's a little fun fact for you, Rob. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> did you know that Hall of Famer on the mound, Tom Glavin, in 1984 was drafted by the Los Angeles Kings? No, I did not know that. For goalie? No. He was a skater. I don't know if he was a forward or, or a D, but yeah, he was he was a fucking NHL draft pick. That's crazy. A pitcher. What can't that guy do? Play football? Maybe he can. I mean, maybe he'd be a good quarterback. QB. You never know. QB would be the only thing. He's not the largest of guys, so he would probably oh, yeah. have to be a QB, right? He made bank, bro. 
oh, dude, the guy was one of the best of all time. He's he's like in the Hall of Fame. Guy was a strikeout machine, painted corners. Guy was fantastic. On all those notes, there we like to keep everything nice and short for you guys, just to you know keep the show moving and everything. We have a unreal interview. We have Mr. Brent Webster. Total beaut. This episode of Hat Trick Hockey is brought to you by... The McGregor Columbian Club has two rooms to accommodate gatherings from small birthday parties or corporate meetings to large wedding and banquet events with the ability to seat over 300 people. We have in-house decorators and rental items to work within your budget. Our spacious main hall makes it ideal to maintain distance between attendees. We specialize in our own roasted chicken, but also have a full menu offering and can work with you to prepare and serve your favorite dishes. We have fundraising opportunities for charities with our fish fries, pasta, and steak dinners and other events. We're open for breakfast every Sunday from 8.30 a.m. to noon, offering a full breakfast menu. Essex County Cornhole League is ready to start up as soon as we can at the McGregor Columbian Club. Check out our menus and events at McGregorColumbianClub.com or look us up on Facebook. And the next guy we have on was a former assistant coach for three years in the OHL for Windsor. He's also son of the legendary coach and NHLer Tom Webster. He is truly one of my favorite human beings. Please welcome to Hat Trick Hockey, Mr. Grant Webster. Grant, welcome. Hey, thanks, guys. So what have you been up to? Well, uh, hockey-wise, not a lot. Uh, Work-wise, I've been uh, still in the education sector, moved into... uh, the union office. Other than that, pretty much the same old, same old. So are you working at the office full time now and not in a school? Yeah, I'm at the office full time. Uh, I'm one of three time release officers that help service the uh, teacher, secondary teachers in the public school board. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, have, I haven't seen you in a while, so I wasn't too sure on what, what you were up to now. So let's dive right into the hockey here. So where did you played in Windsor, right? Did you always play in Windsor? <laughs> no, I came to Windsor when I was in 10th grade. Oh. I grew up in Niagara Falls, Ontario. That was our home base. And then we would travel away wherever the hockey season took us and then return back to Niagara Falls for the summer. So I've been all over North America, Utah, Oklahoma, uh, New York, Massachusetts, Connecticut. I'm a bit of a, a world traveler. So you got a lot of nice luggage. <laughs> we got uh, frequent <laughs> flyer miles, that's for sure. A lot of frequent flyer miles. Now, did you play any junior anywhere or college or anything uh, like that? I played junior C and junior B uh, locally, junior C in Bell River. Junior B, I played for the old Windsor Bulldogs. And uh, I was drafted actually by the Spitfires, but uh, didn't end up uh, playing with them. Oh, you didn't end up playing that. Your dad cut you? No, I think I cut myself. That was the year they went to the Memorial Cup. And I could see with Adam Graves and Mike Wallach and Kelly Kane and all of those guys ahead of me, I went down and played junior B for the year. And then I started full-time university after that. So tried to be an academic. Nice. Now, did you uh, coach anywhere before like Windsor obviously right you probably had some coaching before you just jumped into the OHL so I coached the Leamington Flyers Junior B I was an assistant coach out there for five years then I joined the Spitfires for four years I filled in one year when uh, Dave Perpich took over and he needed an assistant then uh, helped out there I went to uh, the Windsor Lancers as well for four years so about 14 years of coaching sorry how old were you when you started to coach? So I started in Leamington my, uh, when I was doing my teacher's college, and 
that would have been in 93. So I would have been uh, 23 years old. When well, I you actually uh, coach a good friend of the show here. Yeah. Mr. Michael Paley. You coached him in Leamington, he said. Oh, I've <laughs> I've coached a number of guys in Leamington, so yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so Mike just reached out to us just actually earlier on today and he's like, Oh, he's like he used to coach me when I played in, in like Leamington and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. moving on though, how did everything come about when you started to coach with your dad? Like how did that come about? Did you apply? Did he just kind of say, Hey, we're doing this? Like how did that work out? <laughs> It was a pretty simple application. I just went to mom, said, I'm coaching. She went to dad, said, you're hiring him, and it was over. <laughs> so there wasn't a lot of was a lot of back and forth on it all. That's hilarious. I actually uh, did have to meet with the general manager just so he got a feel for me and, and knew that I had a bit of a hockey background, and it just wasn't dad bringing his son on for, the, for a free ride. I'd say you had a pretty exclusive hockey background, if you ask me. I've been a few places. How long was your dad coaching before you joined him, like in Windsor? Well, he, oh, uh, I came his, uh, well, he coached here in two different stints. The okay. first stint was in 88 when uh, they went to the Memorial Cup, and I was still a teenager then. So the second time around, uh, I was with him uh, right from the start. So we came in together. So one of the things, you were in Windsor for three years. What I want to know, one of the things that I've always kind of wondered, because the OHL back then was kind of like, it was crazy. Like when it comes to, to the aspects of like the fighting and stuff like that, like you don't see that stuff much like nowadays. So what I want to know is like, what's one of the craziest games you've ever seen? Like, is there a lot of fights? Was it even just something with a lot of goals? Like just one, what's one of the best games you've ever been involved in? We had a game in uh, Windsor Arena, the old barn. We were playing Plymouth, who was a, a big rival, and we ended up having a, a pretty good line brawl. And, and the, the funniest thing of it all was the camera was shooting towards the Plymouth bench, and one of uh, Windsor's faithful fans there was going to run down and start uh, yelling at the players on the, the Plymouth bench. And he took about two steps from the top row and ended up rolling down about 35, 40 steps into the bench and got right up, not a bruise on him and just went at things with uh, the old Windsor or the uh, Plymouth team. So that, that's one of my memorable He ones. was on their bench fighting their players? He was at the glass uh, reaching over trying to, but uh, oh, yeah, thankfully for then, him, the, the plexiglass was in the way. Oh, yeah, because back then they had that, that shorter glass in the barn, right? Yeah, they did. Where it was like if you sit near someone wires it around the boards, you got to like oh. watch it or you're going to eat it. Windsor Arena's benches were the absolute worst. Uh, the players' benches were actually inside the blue line, so anytime somebody stepped around the net and wanted to fire one off the glass, you had to hit the ground because it could come right in the bench. Yeah, and some of those guys wire the puck. So oh, were they boy. were they still smoking darts in the arena when, uh, when you were coaching? <laughs> uh, not legally, but yes. <laughs> Was that when you had to like go down into the bar there or whatever? They had like a little bar that you can go into? Yeah, they had a little lounge down there and they'd open up the door. If it was uh, cold out, they'd stand close to the door and yeah. and have their dart before they uh, went out for the next period. I, re I remember being a kid, my, my grandma was a billet uh, for the Spitfires and uh, she had uh, Roland Melanson staying with her. And I remember going through that hallway and everybody smoking darts in there. <laughs> Those hallways were just packed with people smoking. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> some older times. Things have certainly changed now, but I remember those days well as uh, with the smoking in the hallways. 
One of the things too, I kind of want to ask you since you've been there is like, what's the best chirp that you ever heard anybody say while in the OHL? It doesn't have to be anything super bad. It could be just even, even something that made you laugh. I, you know, I remember when I was in Kitchener and I walked across the ice um, to the bench there and uh, they kept calling me a player agent because they didn't know I was a coach and I was a little young looking and had the suit on. So <laughs> that was funny. They kept asking uh, who I was representing on the team. That was <laughs> that was a good time. Uh, but, you know, Steve Ott was a master at chirping players. And he that. would come up with something. I, I can't recall any off uh, the top of my head, but boy, was he funny. Even in the, like, national, like, hockey league, everybody says that he was he was one of the best at that. He was quick-witted, and uh, oh, that's, uh, oh, that's oh, the key to being a good chirper. One other thing that I wanted to know, too, is uh, so you were there for three years. How many guys made it to the NHL that you coached? Can you name a couple? Well, Steve Ott being one, uh, Jason Spezza was there, Kyle Wellwood, oh, Tim Gleason, uh, Michael Layton. Yeah, there, there was some really good players to to go through Windsor and end up with uh, pro careers. Now, what years was it you coached again in Windsor? Oh, boy. I think I got it here. Around, the two, around 2000? I think you're right. Yeah, well, you should be right. You're the one that was, I was coaching. <laughs> no, I, the years blend together. I'm not so young anymore. I don't remember too well. You got anything for him? Who, who was your favorite uh, kid to coach? You have different favorites for different reasons. Um, you know, I, I uh, enjoyed working with a guy named Craig Kennedy. He uh, played in Windsor for five years from the Sault Ste. Marie. was a real honest hockey player. Uh, I loved working with uh, Steve Hildebrand, who was one of the best two-way players that I've ever uh, been associated with. I loved watching Kyle Wellwood play. I I said from all the players I've coached, he's probably the smartest on the ice and had such great lateral mobility. And then you enjoy watching people like Jason Spezza and Steve Ott and Timmy Gleason, who was quiet but so effective on the ice. So you have different favorites for different reasons. That guy was tough as nails too, right? Timmy Gleason. Oh, he uh, he I was a big boy, him, like, and I didn't want to get him upset. Well, would remind me a lot of Mitch Marner. Yeah, some very similarities there. Uh, so dangerous with the puck, sees the ice so well. Um, and he's slippery. You can never get a solid hit on him. Have you ever thought about coaching again? I, I've thought about it. Uh, I'm at this stage of where I'm at. I'm re- retiring in four years. And uh, we have a place down in Florida. And I think I'll be spending winters where there's no snow. Oh, you're you're going to be a snowbird, eh? Absolutely. <laughs> I've shoveled the driveway enough. I, I don't need to plan. keep seeing that. Not so I, I think I'm going to pass right now. You know I never say never, but if the right situation came along, I don't think I have the time to be a head coach anymore, but uh, I always enjoyed uh, being the assistant and helping things out. Well, what was moving around uh, like with your dad when he was coaching? Well, asking me now versus asking me then are two different uh, things. I hated it absolutely as a kid, having to uproot from your friends and family in your school and move to wherever the the season took us and then come back. It it wasn't great. Looking back at it now as an adult, I've had some unbelievable experiences. I got to see so much of the countryside in the U.S. and uh, 
met so many different people that I still stay in contact with to this day. So at the time, didn't enjoy it. Now I'm glad I had the opportunity. What was your fondest memory of the OHL? Taking kids in that are 15, 16 years old and then tracking their careers as they grow up and become young men and adults in the uh, professional hockey world. So it's, it's neat to know these people before they became famous, you know, a Steve Ott coming into camp as a, a 17 year old and then watching him become, uh, you know, an eventual Stanley cup champion when he was an assistant coach with St. Louis. So that's kind of exciting to track their progress and having the opportunity to coach with my dad was probably the, the neatest thing, you know, growing up, you know, as a, a young child, your, your father is a tremendous influence was uh, my hero and uh, somebody I really looked up to. And then I got to spend, you know, every day from four to six during practice with him. And, you know, we talk hockey, we coached hockey together, and uh, it brought us together uh, on a daily basis. That was so cool. Speaking of him, so now your dad was drafted by Boston in 1966. Yeah. He played there briefly, right? He was only there for just for just a little bit, right? And so I he, think he was there for two years, but he was only called up for a few games each year. Okay, yeah, because I played see in, he had like eight games or ten games. Or yeah, something. he was in their farm team, which was in Oklahoma City for most of those years. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, I see that right here, actually. I have his file up. Now, he played also played for the Red Wings. He did. And he played for the California Golden Seals. <laughs> he sure did. You <laughs> and know, fun also, fact about California is they had to wear white skates. Why? The the owner made all the players wear white skates in California. So uh, somewhere in the basement, I have a pair of an old white tube hockey skates down there that he had to wear in California. Is there a reason why they had to do that? I think he just liked it. Uh, it was a little flashy. It brought attention to the team. Well, Something different. Play good, play good type deal. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> pretty good on Spider, huh? Yeah, it did. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Now he also played in Hartford uh, as well, right? That was in the WA, the old WHA. It was the New England Whalers back then. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You got everything honestly right on the head. Go ahead. Go ahead. What did the WHA stand for? That was the World Hockey Association, and they were competing directly with the NHL. You know, Bobby Hull jumped from uh, the NHL over to the WHA with the uh, Winnipeg Jets, and it was a different. Uh, a number of teams actually ended up uh, rejoining the NHL later on. So it was uh, a rival league. It provided an excellent opportunity. And for my dad, it actually uh, provided some financial benefits as well. I'm pretty sure Gretzky went there too, right? Certainly, he did. The, I believe in Indianapolis. Right. Now, at that time when he was drafted into Boston there, so they had a couple guys there that the folks at home might know who it is. <laughs> they had Bill... Esposito, Phil Esposito was there, Jerry Jeevers yeah. was there, and a man yeah. by the name of Bobby Orr was there. Yeah, yeah, Robert Gordon was there. So did he ever, like, mention those guys to you or tell you any stories on those guys while he had a short time there? Yeah, yeah, he did tell me a few things. Uh, one of his stories about Jerry Jeevers is uh, he, you said during practice, every time he was a right winger, he'd come down the right side. And Jerry Cheevers would always be standing off to the side of the net, giving him the far side to shoot at. And he was uh, picking it pretty good. But one time, one got away from him. Jerry chased him across the ice and was going to hit him over the head with his stick for hitting him in practice. He goes, Jesus, Tom, I've been giving you half the net all practice. How the hell can you miss it? <laughs> 
<laughs> now this is a part where i'm i'm gonna kind of i may like just i don't know i don't even know what to think right now so when he was with the red wings this is where i'm gonna geek out totally so he was with the red wings Bomber. <laughs> he played with mickey redman del Vecchio, and a man by the name of gordy howe who when you and i talked the other day real quick he told me that gordy howe was his roommate correct yeah dad and gordy roomed together on the road did they do like the whole season or just like once in a while? Yeah, yeah the whole season. Uh, Gordy and dad became great friends. Uh, I was just a little, I was an infant then, uh, but dad would say we would go up to uh, Gordy and uh, Colleen Howe, Mr. and Mrs. Howe's uh, home in Traverse City and vacation with them during the off season. And they maintained a real close friendship uh, throughout. That's that was my dad's idol growing up, and uh, the chance to to room with him and then become friends with him that was that was, was something my mom's favorite too. Yeah, my dad wore number eight because he said he could never be as good as Gordy number nine, so he yeah. always just went one below it. Did he ever tell you any stories about when they were like on the road or anything together, like something funny, something good? Yeah, yeah. Well, then dad tells the story of the first road trip. He's just uh, a rookie with Detroit and uh, wherever they were, he's in the hotel room and Gordy went out uh, with some of the players and uh, the phone in the hotel rang constantly. You know, this is before cell phones. You had to actually pick up the phone and he sat there and took notes and messages for Gordy all night and had them all neatly arranged on his bed, probably 40, 50 messages. Gordy ended up coming back to the hotel, saw him on the bed, crumpled him up into a big ball and threw him out and said, if it's important, I'll call back. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they were, now he was one full year there, right? With the wings and like yeah. a full year and a little bit. Full yeah, year. The next year he was traded to California. Okay, that's what I was just going to say. I seen that he was then traded to California. So then what was it like when you, when you guys were there? Well, I, I was an infant. I was one or two years old. So oh. I'll say Sonny. I, yeah, I don't I really say, remember so, too much. So now there's probably not a whole lot of memories from California. <laughs> not, not there. Uh, when he was coaching the Kings, I have some good memories, but not when he was a player. Okay, well, when he was coaching the Kings, here, fill us in. The neatest thing about uh, being in California is uh, the rest of the world is, or the hockey world is three hours uh, behind or ahead of you. So you get hockey starting at four o'clock in the afternoon, which is great. Is. Uh, you get to wear flip-flops into the arena. You can come out to the arena after practice and go play 18 holes in the middle of January, and it's a, it's a whole different lifestyle down there. It's amazing people want to play in the cold areas when you got hockey, Arizona, L.A., oh, Florida. Florida. Yeah. I'm surprised that the Canadian teams attract as many people as they do. Uh, if but you're looking at it purely for a weather perspective, you can't beat it. Now, there's certainly a lot of other factors involved in deciding where to play, but for weather, I'm heading south. <laughs> I agree with you 100% there. Growing up and your dad is on all these teams and anything, did he ever like bring you out on the ice like you see some of these other guys nowadays bring out their kids and stuff? Every weekend. Every Saturday. Well, during the week I was in school, every Saturday and Sunday he would take me to the rink. We'd get to the rink maybe in an hour and a half before practice. Uh, he'd get me all suited up and 
we'd go on the ice and practice passing pucks to each other and shoot. And we'd have the ice to ourselves for about an hour. That was my regular weekend routine was uh, going to the rink with that. And then during practice, I'd just sit on the bench with my helmet on and watch them practice and wait for it to be done and jump back on the ice while I waited for them to get changed. Did you ever get to go out on the ice with any of the guys on a team? Oh, all the time. All of them. You know, I passed pucks with Gordy Howe in L.A. I passed uh, pucks with him. Gretzky took shots on Kelly Rudy. Yeah, yeah I was uh, I was very fortunate uh, having him there and getting the opportunities I did. Did Gretzky get mad at you when you put him in his feet? I tried not to upset <laughs> Mr. Gretzky. <laughs> it was neat. He was on the ice, and I gave him as much space as he wanted not to get in his way. That must have been a heck of a team, eh? Marty McSorley on there. Yeah, Yuri Curry, Paul Coffey. Wow. There was uh, Tony Granado, Thomas Sandstrom. There were some great players. What a great team. Your dad, when, when, he, when he left the NHL and went and played with the WHL, what was the reason for that? More money? Money. Yeah, money. money. They were trying yeah, to he pull. said they were offering him three times as much as the NHL was, so he couldn't Good. not accept the deal. Right. He was a 50-goal scorer there, too, was he not? He was. Oh, yeah, he, yeah was. he scored uh, 53 and. 51 year so he had 103 points that was in 72 73 yeah the hell of a year yeah, they won the avco cup league that league he had some really good years in the WHA with uh new england yeah yeah he only played in the wha with new england yeah he had uh three of his like five or six years there he scored 40 or more yeah and uh the other years he was dealing with back issues he uh he had some injuries that kept him out of some games or he'd have some pretty good stats for those years as well so 1974, I'm getting here that he was on Team Canada. Yeah, yeah. They played the Russians. So the WH, you know, everybody knows about the, the 72 Summit Series. Right. 74, uh, the WHA put a team together to play against the Russians. So, you know, Gordy, Mark, and Marty Howe were all on that team, as well as a number of people. And uh, they played four games in Canada, four games in uh, Russia. I don't remember hearing much about that. It was not televised or? Uh, it was televised, but I don't think it, when it wasn't the NHL, it didn't have as much uh, publicity. Oh, okay. You know? But that actually got a chance and scored on Tretiak. So that's pretty oh. exciting. Was there a time that your dad was a player coach? Yeah, in uh, Adirondack Red Wings. So after his WH, uh, WHA folded, he came back with the Detroit organization, and he was trying to work his way back from an injury and got sent down to Adirondack, which was their farm team, and was actually kind of a, a player coachish for some of that season. He then uh, went home, and uh, the coach of the team actually went out for a jog and unfortunately had a heart attack and passed away and detroit called and said listen we're in need of a coach are you interested and he went right back and never stopped after that did he ever get called reg dunlop <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe i'm not uh, not too sure about that he wasn't the player coach for that long so did he only coach he did he only coach in new york and la right are those as head coach uh, oh that's he was an assistant coach with uh, Carolina, Philadelphia, Florida, the Hartford Whalers. Uh, so he was an assistant coach with a number of teams as well. What year was he in Hartford as an assistant? Oh, boy. Uh, it was just before. It was Hartford's last year before they moved to Carolina. And the head coach of the team was Paul Maurice, actually, who 
oh. was my dad's assistant coach when he coached the Spitfires. Right. Wow. Full circle. Yeah. So did he have like Shanahan and them there at, at that time? Shanahan might have oh. went to St. Louis by then, right? Yeah, I, I'm not really. Sh- I don't believe Shanahan was on the team at that time. You know of any guys that were on the team then? Oh boy, uh, Glenn Wesley was there. Not sure. Ronnie Francis was with him in Carolina. I don't know if he was with him in Hartford as well, though. But uh, yeah, there were some good players there. Your dad won a couple of cha- uh, two or three championships, correct? Yeah, he won the Memorial Cup as a player when he played for the Niagara Falls Flyers. Uh, he won the Abco Cup as a player with the uh, Her- or the New England Whalers. He then won the uh, Calder Cup with the uh, Adirondack team. And then he won a championship with uh, Tulsa as well in the old Central Hockey League. I knew how to get it done. Yeah, he, he was a, I think he was a pretty darn good coach. I think he was a great coach. So listen, when... Everybody found out you were coming on. You're, you obviously probably know what's coming. They asked me, they, I've had a hundred <laughs> requests to ask you this, okay? And it was literally, I yep. hundred people asked me this. What the hell happened with him and Doug Gilmore? Was it, did they just chirp or something? And he just, because I yep. had an old block yep. talk him the other day and that situation. No. So this is, uh, this is the truth. They were they were chirping at each other, and my dad kind of stepped down from the bench and went in kind of in front of the players. And you know, according to him, and you know, I'll have to take his word for it. He said, you know, was saying something like, uh, you know, Doug, you're too good a player to be doing this. Doug said something to him, and obviously it struck him the wrong way, and he he hit him with a right and uh, <laughs> hit him right in the right in the chin. Then uh, uh, the entire Calgary team tried to get through the little partition between the benches at my dad. He was obviously kicked out of the game. He called me right away from the training room, and he goes, oh, my God, my back is killing me. I had about 400 pounds of people on top of me there on the bench. And I said, Dad, uh, I think you're going to have a vacation for a little bit. You'll have some time to rest up. Yeah, he, he did land a mean right hand. Next one, Kerry yeah. Frazier. Okay, so yeah. I'll explain real quick. So Mr. Webster got, I don't know, he was upset with a call or something, and he threw a stick like a harpoon. So Mr. Frazier would always wear, he would wear no helmet, and his hair yeah. would always be completely perfect, and he would skate. His hair would not move when he would skate. So is this true? When your dad threw that stick at him, did he wear a lid the rest of the time he wrapped? That's well, that's the word that's gotten back to me. I, I haven't spoken to Mister Frazier <laughs> about it, but that that's my understanding of it. You know, the the incident happened. Uh, somebody my dad respected tremendously was Larry Robinson. And Larry was one of the defensemen for L.A. Got hit down in the end. My dad thought it, it wasn't uh, a clean hit and worthy of a penalty. Mr. Frazier didn't call the penalty. And, you know, it's just the, the perfect storm. Dad picked the stick up. And I bet you if he threw it 100 times, he'd never get the same result. But threw the stick, skidded across the ice, and, and whacked uh, Kerry in the, uh, in the skate with it. And uh, I think he got a 12-game suspension for that one. Exactly right. That's exactly what he got. But what I want to know after after the fact that they get to like hash it out after. I I they are good friends, or they were good friends, and uh, I, I think they were able to bury the hatchet uh, over that. It was in the heat of the moment. If you know my dad, he's competitive, but he's one of the kindest, biggest teddy bears you'd ever find. And the day afterwards, he was like, "What did I do? What <laughs> happened there?" And I said, "Well, Dad, you threw a stick and hit a referee." And we get to spend some quality time together here as you're going to be on vacation. 
did, did Carrie call and apologize to your dad? Uh, no, no, no. I, I think dad was the one that took the initiative on that. I wanted to do the same thing when he blew that call against the Leafs. <laughs> I believe Carrie's from Sarnia, the Sarnia area. Who's that? I believe Carrie Frazier's from the Sarnia area. Oh, so he's, he's a bit of a local boy. He rocked in the NHL like forever, right? Yeah. You know, my dad had tremendous respect for him. It had nothing to do with it being Kerry Frazier. It was just happened to be the... Like uh, a heat of the moment thing? That's all it was. It was yeah, emotions well, that came out. And, you know, if the player didn't have his stick there, just sitting on the bench, never have happened. But it, hey, well, it honestly could have been way worse. Like, you know, like at least he threw it at his feet. He didn't like try to hit him in the head with it. Like, it could be worse. Well, <laughs> I'm glad it just hit him in the feet. Yeah, like I said, I think he was just trying to be like, hey, over here type deal. I don't think he really meant to, like, hurt him. You know, I, really I definitely know he didn't mean to hurt him, but yeah. uh, it was a mistake. Uh, he regretted it afterwards, but uh, I'll tell you, it sure got a lot of playtime on TV. Oh, I, yeah, it was on Rock'em Sock'em. They were talking about it. That's uh, why, everybody, that's how, everybody talks about it. Yeah, so. That's that's how <laughs> I seen it, and I was like, whoa. It's one of those great, ones sure. that uh, it always comes up, so. I'm sure Grapes loved him. Yep, yep. He, he and Dad had a real good relationship. They were real good. What was what was the one NHL player you remember the most? Like, stood out, like, was just, a, you know, just a few. One of my favorite people, uh, and he's actually was the GM of Vegas and now one of the vice presidents, I want to say, is George McPhee. My dad coached him in New York, and uh, he was just one of those guys that took a lot of time to know me. I was just a kid, and he... Uh, took the time out of his day to talk to me and, and really get to know me. And then when there's uh, a few Spitfire players from when I was younger that uh, have been tremendous people and uh, I would call friends and Adam Graves, Peter DeBoer, Paul Maurice. They uh, they know me for Brent and not for Tom's son. Right, because I, re I remember uh, watching Adam Graves uh, when I was growing up playing hockey and uh, so many nice things said about that guy. He's a tremendous person. Uh, he's a great hockey player and a better person. Yeah. You know, his number's retired by the Rangers. So that, that should say something about the type of character he had. Yeah, retired by the Spitfires as well, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So what I'm going to ask now is if we, if you had to pick right now, who's going to win this year? If you had to pick right now, oh. who's going to win the cup? Boy, you know, it's going to be tough now. It's whoever gets on a roll because you're just coming back from all that time off. You know, everybody's you, fresh too, right? Yeah, everybody's fresh. Hopefully everybody's healthy. COVID uh, notwithstanding. Uh, I like Tampa Bay's team. Um, Toronto's got the, the right amount of talent certainly the offensive talent to take a real good run at things, you know, but it, it can be anybody's game right now. There, there's no clear favorite. You're, you're talking about all but two teams playing every game on the road. Yeah. So you're living in a hotel and as much as, you know, living in a hotel is nice. It's not the same as, you know, half the time being at home and, and the routine that goes with it. You're eating meals out all the time. So. It's going to be a real interesting race to the finish here to see who who comes out on top. Do you think Do you think Toronto and Edmonton have the upper hand on these teams? Well, um, I, I think it doesn't hurt to be in your hometown, to be in your home city. I, I think there there's merit to those variables that will help them out. Now they're going to probably have to be in the bubble like the other teams, but still, it's a little bit closer and. 
you know, your relatives are a little bit closer and, and that makes things a little bit easier. Yeah, that's nuts how, how those guys are doing. Like some of them have to leave their like families and stuff for a long period of time. Months. Like, yeah, like a m- months. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I would be able to do that. Two, three months. I think. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. It, it's going to be tough, you know. Uh, once they get inside that bubble there and they're they're quarantining amongst themselves it's going to be a a good race you know my my uh, brother-in-law is actually one of the video coaches for the red wings and unfortunately they didn't make it in the playoffs this year um, but he was talking about the next year's season probably won't start up until uh, mid to end november wow so. what did you uh what did you think of that lottery draft uh, lottery? I I, the, the, the way they did it i thought was like it was stupid i don't uh, i get it, it. Uh, in that you don't want teams tanking. So you have to come up with a system to prevent teams from intentionally trying to lose or and keep the games interesting to keep the fans into it. But, uh, you know, again, like I said, my brother-in-law is one of the Red Wings on the Red Wings staff, and I was really hoping they get a chance for the number one pick. And it actually came out the worst-case scenario, and they ended up with the fourth pick. So Didn't they get fourth in that, like, a year or so ago? Didn't they pick four, too? Uh, I think they were a little bit, yeah, they were around there, four, five, six, and they took the the German defenseman, Moritz Seider or Cedar. Yeah, that guy's a monstrosity of a guy too, eh? He's a big boy. So who do you think that they'll have a shot at? If you, do you know anybody that's in the draft or do you like... I don't, you know, I know Lafreniere is considered to be the number one and then they've got the Byfield kid out of, I believe, Sudbury at number two. And and I think everybody's up in the air after that. So they're going to get a good player. It's just a matter, is it the right player? So we'll see what happens. I hope that their scouting staff really works. I'm sure they will, but I hope that they really work because we need it. We need something. <laughs> like, give me something. Yeah, well, we, uh, I'll say we because I'm a, a Wings fan now as well. Um, we're a bit in the, the rebuilding phase. Yeah. And again, I'm a Wings fan because of my brother-in-law, but I, I grew up mostly in Connecticut when my dad was with the Whalers, and the only NHL team there was the Bruins. So I'm a diehard Bruins fan from way back. Oh, they got they got a, a wagon too, eh? Oh, yeah, they got a nice they've shop. Got a, they've got a real good shop, but I try not to mention it because I usually jinx teams when I, I say they've got keep a shop. So that's why <laughs> I'm a team. Just keep it up. Keep yeah, I was going to say, mention it then. <laughs> We're sitting with a like Leafs fan here that has watched them struggle with Boston. So. I don't want to see yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, a big, big Bruins fan. They got a pretty rounded team. Oh. Last thing, do you remember our, our little bet in high school? I still remember I used to um, you about your car, right? Because you had your <laughs> Volkswagen, right? This was many years ago. Oh, boy. Uh, so I had the Jetta. I do remember the Jetta, but I don't remember the bet. What was the bet? The bet was, remember how we could, we had hockey, football, baseball. Yeah, the WOA activities, I do remember. You, you said that I had, we had to win everything that I was involved in. We had to win everything. And then I got to drive your car because I always chirped you about your Volkswagen. Remember, I was like, you're going to let me drive that car if we win everything. Yeah. I just got my full license, my G. And uh, you were like, sure. And then it ended up, it worked out to where we won everything. <laughs> Like, absolutely everything. Baseball was the best, though. I used to love playing baseball there. It was just fun. It was just a day out of school, just playing baseball, hanging out with everybody, hanging out with you, Mr. Garrett. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Whited. Yeah, it was just awesome. I I will seriously never 
forget those times ever, 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 ever. You know, I, uh, I golf with Mr. Whited and we talk about uh, those times as well. As, as teachers, those were fun. You know, we weren't teachers. We were colleagues. We were friends. And uh, the kids we took on those tournaments, boy, we had some real good athletes back then. And we, uh, I took a lot of flack from the other coaches. Uh, we were running up scores and all of that, but uh, it sure was fun to be a part of. I say you loved it. That's just destroying teams, eh? <laughs> uh, I didn't mind it too much. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else for him, Bob? No, I don't. All right, Webby, we don't want to like have you longer on here because we know you took some time out of your day. Plus, I backed you up a little bit on it so I could grab my daughter and stuff. So honestly, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate you like sitting down here with us, talking hockey, talking about you, talking about your dad. We Seriously, we appreciate everything. And when all this stuff is done, let's head around to golf and have a couple beers. I'd love that. I'd really enjoy that. And guys, anytime call, I don't mind talking at all about hockey and especially dad. You know, he's a special person. We just lost him in April and uh, I still miss him every day. Sorry to hear that. Matt, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, helping us out with our uh, podcast. It's great. Yeah. Hey, good luck to you guys. Uh, you know, I hope it goes well. You know, you're investing in equipment now, so <laughs> keep things going and uh, and enjoy it. I'm really for, doing this, oh, Harry. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. All right. There you have it. And this part of the episode of Patrick Hockey is brought to you by. Are you looking to hire a photographer? Check out Windsor's own Melissa Fay Photography. With affordable and professional services ranging from lifestyle newborn to weddings and any of life's important events in between. Mention Hot Trick Hockey and enjoy 10% off any service. Find her on social media as Melissa Fay Photography. Folks, Mr. Brent Webster, he was an awesome interview. I can't believe they were so close with Gordy Howe. What a beaut. Like, that guy was amazing. Just an amazing interview. So, so interesting. I was just over the whole thing. I can't believe some of the guys that that man has met. Like, yeah. And as you guys heard, I'm going to get torts for that, for that name there. Del Vecchio. <laughs> okay. Is that, how do you actually say it? Del Vecchio. Del Vecchio. Del Vecchio. I don't know how I don't know. I'm a Red Wings fan. I should know this shit. So a good one. Good yeah. Red Wings fan. Yeah. That's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> that's absolutely brutal. <laughs> also, at the top of the show here, you guys heard our hat trick hockey music there. That was by our good friends in the band, Ignore the Evidence. What a bunch of beauts. Great job, guys. Oh, we love the music. It sounds awesome. Huge shout out to you guys. Guys, check out their music. They are, they rock. <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> oh, and uh, Matt from McGregor. Thanks for the text, bro. I have a face for radio. <laughs> Great chirp. Idiot. I, that, that, that was a good one. That was a good one. But in, in the same sense, I want to thank uh, Kendra. Big shout out to Kendra for oh, yeah. doing an awesome job putting that all together for us. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was, uh, she even like had to drive out to my house and stuff to fix the mics and stuff because we couldn't figure them out. So huge shout out to her. She is, uh, she does a lot for us. And honestly, Kendra, thank you from us. Honestly, she's a beaut. Total beaut. Total beaut. And uh, we'd like to thank all the people that have liked and subscribed and uh, oh, yeah. supported us for this uh, podcast. I, I, I'm overwhelmed on how many likes we had in, in a day. We were over, we were over a hundred. Oh yeah, guys, it was awesome. My phone was literally blowing up. It was, it was just crazy. You guys just keep it coming. We love it. We do this because you guys are listening. You're all a bunch of boots. Oh yeah, love oh, you guys. Yeah, for sure. 
Also, we'd like to thank a few. We have a few new sponsors as well. Oh, yeah. Who do we got, Rob? Oh, uh, we got the McGregor Columbia Club. Yeah, huge shout out to them. And we also have Melissa Fay Photography. Nice, nice. Yeah, so those guys chipped in and uh, helped us out. They We were able to upgrade our stuff. So a huge shout out to those guys. And if, uh, if anybody knows any other people that would like to sponsor, you're more than welcome to. Yeah, you can just email or inbox one or you can inbox us on facebook instagram whatever you want if we can get all the info out right to you then all you got to do is just let us know text me yeah text call us if you know us whatever you want it's all good we're here we're gonna be here for a while so plan on it but all right i, I think that's about all we have for these guys yeah. for this week eh ready to wrap it up all right guys so until next week this is ant and rob signing off peace